Hi. The topic of this workshop is acceptance as the nature. Serving with me today are Jay, Mark, and somebody needs and to lots of other people. And we're all okay. Um, my name's Anne, and I'm a compulsive overeater and moderator for this workshop. Our speakers are Debbie and Martha. Let's start the meeting with the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity, serenity to, to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. I will not mind be done. Amen. The format for this workshop is each speaker will have up to 20 minutes and then the floor will be open for two minute shares. Audio, not video, from this session is being recorded and will not be edited. Please note that this session will be available online or as a podcast feed. Anyone wishing to remain anonymous should use a fictitious name. By sharing, you consent to be recorded. Please do not share if you do not want to be recorded. Um, here is some Zoom info. Attendees are usually are automatically muted. We ask that you keep what you see and hear here confidential and that there be no recordings or screen captures. Please respect the anonymity of all who attend. Please stop your video if you are walking around or eating. We ask you to rename yourself to first name and last initial. Free, feel free to add your state, province, or country. Also, please note that the chat is set to host only until the speakers are finished. We also have closed captioning available. Click on live transcript. To our speakers, the timer will give a signal when five minutes remain and when time is up. The timer is, I can't no longer see everybody's name, but she's marked timer, right? Hope B. Yes. Okay. All right. Um, our first speaker is Debbie. Take it away, Debbie. Hi. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Region 6 Fall Convention from my living room. My name is Debbie. I'm a grateful compulsive overeater. And I say grateful because... I really would not be here literally today had it not been for the program of Overeaters Anonymous. The very short version, I was born with a broken full button. I knew from a very early age it did not work. I can remember my first compulsive overeating. I was three years old. I remember this. I was three years old. I had a brand new baby brother. My mother and the baby was sleeping. I picked up an entire box of cookies and sat myself in front of the TV and ate the whole box of cookies and couldn't understand why my mother thought that there was something wrong with that. Looking back, I'm saying she really should have been up. 
but we'll not go there. Um, I used food to make me happy. I used food to comfort me. Uh, whatever the occasion was, I used food. And the weird thing was it never equated the food with being fat. That just, just never, never came. Um, I tried every diet there was. I was a great dieter. I could lose I could lose for a bet for an occasion or what it was, but it was the symptom. I felt less than, I was unhappy. Um, I came from a family of, my mother was a rager. The one who yelled loudest was the rightest. And I grew up having temper tantrums like she did. Very proud of myself. I haven't had a temper tantrum since 2014. And the reason I can say that is because when we talk about acceptance, we're supposed to accept everything that comes our way. Not so easy. I can accept that I am a compulsive overeater. I can accept there are foods that I should not be eating. I can accept that as I grow older, there's less foods that I can eat because I'm not burning them up the same way. I accept that the, I accept that other people will do what they want to do. Don't dismiss me and don't treat me badly. I do not have to accept bad behavior. Um, I married a man who was just like my mother and took me a while, but then I left him. And my son and I have been together. It's been me and him since he's nine. He's married now. He has two kids. He's a, he's a husband. He's a father. We had a fight this week. And it really doesn't matter. I could have been 100% wrong. But he got ballistic on me. And I had to say to him, son, I'm hanging up on you now. But you're not listening. I don't have to listen to you talk to me like this. So we didn't speak for a few days. Things are getting better now. I have to accept that. He felt, I can't tell him not to feel injured. I can't tell him not to, to feel the way he did, but I can tell him that I'm not going to accept bad behavior. As we're talking, as I'm getting ready to do this whole thing, I sold my house in Oceanside, Long Island. I moved from the beach and the ocean to Westchester, where if you look out my back window, I live in a tree now. So I traded this ocean sands for a park, which is lovely. So I could be closer to my kids. And I got a letter from my landlady. Hi, hope everything's good. I need a small favor. This is while I'm getting ready. So I texted her back. Everything is good. I can help you on Monday. I'm in the middle of a big I have a weekend-long convention. I'm a people pleaser. I want everyone to be happy. I want everyone to love me. That's the sign of an addict. We're afraid we're going to lose what we have, and we're not going to get what we deserve. So when she calls me, which I haven't heard from her since May when I signed my lease, and I get a thing back saying, I'm out of town. I need someone to go buy I need you, please go buy some gift cards. 
big red lights go off. Big signs, scam, scam. So I text my son. He goes, first of all, mom, it's inappropriate. And so I called her on the phone. I said, I got an email from you. She goes, oh, I'm so sorry. So I didn't have to accept because somebody wanted something from me. I don't have, I have to accept and deal with certain things. I have to accept that the winter is coming and I can't walk outside in flip-flops in the snow. Things, I, I have to accept that I need to follow my plan because if I still have one fear, I may not have another recovery in me. I do lots of service. Service keeps me abstinent. Service keeps me coming back. Because if I get complacent, then I may have a lot of problems. And I, and I, I was a New York City school teacher for 35 years. So I always say, you don't ever have to believe me because I, 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 bibli- I use a, you know, I, I annotate things. I notate things. I tell you, oh, this is one of, of my favorites. The for today book, February 20th. When I am troubled, I think my pain will last forever. Peace of mind appears to be gone. And the fact that I have faced the conquered problems before is all forgotten. Although yesterday's suffering may bear little bearing on the present, I know that overcoming it has given me strength. For today, pain often comes from non-acceptance. If I find that can either accept a certain reality, I have to let it go for now. I tend to be a drama queen. I tend to be a catastrophizer. I go from broken fingernail to cancer of the arm and I'm losing it. I know that about me and I can accept that. So before I make an appointment with an oncologist, I'll take a look and maybe the nail just needs to be filed down. Um, when I am hurting, it doesn't mean I have to hurt myself. When things come up, I don't have to answer right away. I can stop and I can think. People don't do things to me. They do things because of themselves. It's that old thing. If I'm sitting under a tree and there were all birds and the birds crap on my head, I can yell at the birds or I can move someplace else. I don't have to accept that. Life happens. Life is always going to happen. In the third step prayer, we pray that God takes away all of our burdens. That ain't happening. There are always going to be problems. There are always going to be difficulties. It's better for me now because I have new skills. I have strategies. And I have people who love me that I can call any time, night or day and say, I'm going to lose it. I have a problem. And people are honest and say, yes, that's a real one. Oh, people will say, let it go. Let it go. Oh, here's a good one. G-O-D. Get over it, Debbie. It really only works if your name starts with a D. Um, Here's another one. A A good one. I love this one, too. Um, 
Before coming to OA, I spent my life expecting God and other people to solve my problems. I never did what I could do my own part. This reminds me that before I turn it over to my higher power, I have to be reasonably sure that I've done my part. I have gotten calls from people. I'm in the supermarket, in the candy aisle. What should I do? Leave the supermarket. God helps those who help themselves. I have a very strong higher power. I truly believe he has a plan for me. It annoys the crap out of me that he doesn't let me know it first. So I accept the fact that he will never do anything bad or wrong for or to me. He never says no. He may say, wait. He may say, I have something better planned. But God never says no. He may say, Debbie, this is really not a good idea right now. Maybe you should go in a different direction. And I'll listen. I said, why do I live here? Why do I, why am I alive today? Because I came into the program of Overeaters Anonymous and it took me 18 months and I lost 60 plus pounds. I really didn't lose it. I gave it away because if I ever want it back, I know exactly where it is. But I went for a well checkup. And because I went for a well checkup, my doctor just said, oh, I don't like this. This is not right. So she sent me for a few more tests. I had a, a large tumor, a cancerous tumor in my kidney. And because they caught it while it was still in my kidney, I am now cancer-free since 2012. A few things I can't do. I can't jump out of an airplane. I can't play contact sports. Um, I can't drink alcohol, which is never my thing anyway, because it's not sweet. And I accept that, those things, because I want to be around. I have two little granddaughters. The three-year-old is my best friend. I want to be her when she, when I grow up, she speaks her mind. She loves me unconditionally. There's nothing I can do wrong. The best thing that I get from her is good job, grandma. That was good. I live for those moments. And because I get along with my son and I don't give traditions. If you finish with the steps, you need to work on the traditions. Four and 10. My son and his wife can raise their child autonomously, and I have no outside opinions. Oh, I have plenty of opinions. We all have opinions. You know that. But I accept that. And because I accept that, I do what my daughter-in-law says. She doesn't want me to give them this one sweets. She doesn't want that. I can do that. Um, I belonged here. You loved me until I could love myself. I was, I told you I was a New York City school teacher. I taught in this, I taught for 35 years, but the last 29, I was in the same school. This week, we had a school naming because the school never had a name. And it was named for a man who, when I first started, he was the assistant principal, went to be the principal, went on to be superintendent. He was loved by everyone. And I can go back there and know I belong and know that I'm loved there. Some places I'm not loved. Some places I don't belong. 
I don't belong in a bakery. I don't belong, my, my family of origin, we have a lot of problems there. But the sisters that I have in this program are the sisters of my heart. And I accept that and you accept me. You accept me when I'm in a good mood. You accept me when I'm cranky. You accept me when I call you up and say, don't say anything. I don't want an opinion. I just want to vent. I have become a good listener. I have people who call me. I have a girl, a friend of mine, not even in the program. She was just having a hard time. My husband had surgery. It didn't go as planned. And she just went on for 20 minutes. And she says, oh, my God, I really just needed to do that. Thank you for listening. And because I'm in program, I can accept that. And sometimes you just need to have me listen. I credit everyone in here for teaching me these skills, these tools, these traditions. I credit you all for teaching me. I say how to be a lady. As a gym teacher, I ran around in sweats and sneakers my whole life. From doing service, I went out and I bought dresses and I bought shoes and I learned how to be a lady and I learned how to speak like a lady. As a gym teacher, I'm very loud. You taught me how to use my indoor voice. You taught me how to speak politely. You taught me how to accept each and every one of you wherever you might be in your recovery. I thank you. I thank you so very much for being here today. I thank you back in 2005. I thank you at my first convention in 2006 was my first convention. Um, My personal thing is our primary purpose is to carry the message. But to carry the message, we have to hear the message. And how do you hear the message? You go to meetings, you go to intergroup, you go to Five minutes, Debbie. Say you. you go to conventions. There's a lot of recovery this weekend. You can't go to everything. I know we're addicts. We want to be every place, but there will be recordings. So what I can't get to this week weekend, I know that I will get a recording. I always do that. That's the first thing I sign up for when I go because I'm so busy seeing friends and meeting up with people who I haven't seen since last year. And that's, and I love you wherever you are in this program, wherever you are, I accept you because that's what you did for me. You taught me grace, love, and dignity for myself until I could have it for myself. So the greatest gift that I can give to you is sharing that and accepting you exactly who you are today. And if some of you are having problems with your higher power, mine is always big enough that you could borrow some from me. Thank you for being here today. And thank you for spending the weekend with me. And none of us had to put shoes on. Thank you. I love you all. Thank you so much, Debbie. Our second speaker is Martha. Hi uh, to everyone out there and uh, welcome. I, I guess I'll start by saying I'm Martha, a compulsive overeater, a relapse survivor living in the state of grace today. And that's basically my story right there, but I'll, I'll give you a little more information. 
Um, the stats are that I've been in the rooms for 17 years, came in in 2004, August 2004, and I have uh, been relieved of approximately 105 pounds. And uh, so my history is that I believe that I began with the disease of perception. I saw myself, my physical body as round compared to everyone else. I felt different from everyone, not better or worse, just completely different. And um, I was under the impression that life should be pain-free and always happy. I don't know where I got that impression, but that's how I got through life thinking that. So those were the things that were in my way all this time. Uh, I was also a Pollyanna at the same time. Uh, everything, if there if there wasn't um, fairy dust and you know and sparkles, I just found some. And so my sister, at one point after I came into program and I said something about uh, being a Pollyanna, she said, oh, yeah, yeah, we all called you Cleo. I said, Cleo, what's that? She said, Cleopatra, queen of denial. And I thought, oh, okay, <laughs> you're not wrong. <laughs> um, anyway, so I thought when I got here that food was my problem. And... Uh, but it turned out that life is my problem and food was my unsuccessful solution to life's problems. And uh, I had been an excellent dieter. I did it a thousand times. So uh, the problem was I couldn't maintain any weight loss. And no matter how much weight I lost, I never found the peace and comfort that I was seeking. Uh, so if we fast forward to 2004, which is the year I came in, I was in the grocery store and a small town. So everybody meet, you know, and someone walked up to me and said, how are you? And I responded by saying, I'm fine. Thanks. How are you? But the truth was my husband had died. My, all my children came home, there are five adults and one baby in the house, nobody was getting along. My youngest was a crack addict and she was getting ready to go to a rehab. And I weighed 244 pounds at five foot three, but I was fine. And so um, I got to OA indirectly because of Jody, my youngest, she, uh, in her rehab, they suggested Al-Anon and um, for the families. And I didn't find the connections there that I thought I would find. And Jody suggested um, that some of the girls go to OA and she went and she thought maybe I'd find uh, the program there. It's the same 12 steps and I could substitute possibly. So I went to an OA meeting and I was home immediately. That first meeting, 
we were reading in the 12 and 12, the first step, and I thought, oh my God, they wrote a book about me. They just forgot to put my name in there. So I, I found my way to the right place, not of my own design. And I would never have even been searching for myself because I really didn't think I had a problem, just an itty bitty food and weight problem. Uh, but through something lousy, horrible, uh, which was my daughter's addiction, came a beautiful, beautiful thing. And by the way, she's 17 years sober. Um, yeah, <laughs> so grateful. And we get to share program. I also, by the way, came in as an agnostic. So that's the end of my story, uh, the history part. I will say, um, in terms of this, the topic of this uh, workshop, I am not gonna teach you anything or advise you of anything. I'm gonna share my experience, strength and hope, the, uh, the process of my discovering what acceptance is and how it applies in my, how I'm applying it in my life or trying to. <laughs> um, so the first one, which is step one, the acceptance of my disease and my predicament. Uh, there were no actions that I could come up with that provided the peace even when the results were positive, I would try to do something. I would get active, go to change something, go to fix something, uh, create something. And uh, thinking that, you know, if that was successful, I would find peace. And even when everything worked out perfectly, the sun was shining, the weather was perfect. There was a large crowd in attendance and I, everything went off without a hitch. Uh, I used to organize a lot of um, local events and uh, all of those things. I never, I never got peace. I never got comfort. All I got was, okay, that went well. Now what? And I had to do more, I had to do more. So whether it was being able to diet and lose the weight or being successful with some relationship or event or anything, no comfort, no peace, no rest. Um, the other part of my predicament was that I couldn't stop once I started eating the things that, uh, the foods that are on my red list. And I couldn't stop myself from picking up when I was uncomfortable. And it didn't take much to make me uncomfortable because I basically lived there. So my disease was manifesting in all of my thoughts, my feelings, my interpretations, and my reactions to life. And I only had one emotion or feeling that I could label, and that was hunger. And I only had one solution, and that was excess food. Uh, so... Coming to meetings, having a sponsor, starting to do this work, listening to my fellows. Thank you all for sharing so honestly, so um, personally, and so freely with me because listening to others 
uh, is how I learned about myself. I never learned a thing about myself sitting by myself, thinking about me and trying to come up with a solution for me. I only learned about myself um, from being here and listening to you and reading literature, which other people wrote uh, and connecting with a higher power, which again, wasn't me. And uh, so acceptance doesn't mean, this is what I've come to understand. It doesn't mean liking, wanting, choosing, or supporting something. It means I stop resisting reality, the reality of it. And my pain and unhappiness was and is still um, in the resistance of that reality. It's not actually the situation itself. It's my lack of acceptance of it that causes the misery. And uh, it's meetings, step work, conscious contact with God and my fellows that helps me find and build the muscles that I need to accept and move forward. I, I can't do any of this alone. That's my step one. I know I can't. I need you. I need God. I need the parameters, the um, framework of this program and the tools to help me um, to find that open, honest, open, willing position from where I can move forward. Um, acceptance like surrender turns out to be an action word for me. It's not a mental process. It's an action. I have to... Um, have an active process of clearing what's getting in the way of my healthy, joyous, and free. And I say it like that, healthy, joyous, and free, instead of happy, joyous, and free, because happy seems, my experience of happiness is it's fleeting. It's like, oh, look, it's a lovely day for the event, yay. But joy is deep at my core. It's at the very center of my being. So instead of happy, I am, um, I consider myself blessed because I live a healthy, joyous and free life. And uh, the work of OA makes space for this, for, all, for acceptance, for healthy, um, growing, purposeful living. And uh, connecting with my higher power, absolutely. And allowing myself to be other directed. From there, I can move forward in a positive way. If I'm in charge, I'm screwed. Because um, I was in charge for years and years and years, or at least I thought I was. And, uh, and that got me at least here. So yay, one good thing, but that was it. That was the only thing that was good for me being in charge. The part of my disease, which lives in my head, will never move me out of the cycle of misery. That's just a circular, repetitive um, pattern of thinking I know what the problem is and thinking I know what the answer is and always filtering all of that through food. So I can't go there. 
Even now when food doesn't call to me, I can't afford to go there. Um, acceptance doesn't mean that I can't work for change though, only that I'm not putting my energy on, on what was, only on laying a healthy foundation for what may be. And um, so I am working for change. I just don't know what that change is gonna be. God, what would you have me do and be today? Uh, one of the things I say is that I'm always, my, my hope is that I'm always in the process of becoming. Becoming what? I have no idea, because that's not my job. But if I place myself in that stance and that posture of openness and willingness, and I allow myself to be other directed, I'll find out. And so far, I'm loving what I found, really loving. And the fact that other people, especially family members, might not be so comfortable with these changes in me, I'm okay with that. Somebody actually directly said, uh, people are having a hard time with this new you. And I said, oh, well, I'm not. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm okay with your not being okay with me. Whoa, that's new. That's absolutely new for me. Um, Acceptance also means that I'm not pursuing this journey alone, you know, that it does take a village to raise Martha. And you're my village. God is my village. Um, everyone that's come before us in this, um, this whole process of recovery, that's my village. So thank you. Thank you for being around me and loving me and accepting me for who I am. This level that you accept me at, I've never found anywhere else in the way that I find it here. So thank you. Um, spiritual acceptance. Well, I like I said, I entered OA as an agnostic. Um, and so... I knew that that was going to be the problem part of this program for me. The abstinence part, I felt like I dieted many times. I can stick to a food plan. That's not going to be so hard. Five minutes, Martha. Oh, shoot. Okay. So um, I picked my sponsor, not because she would had physical, you know, um, sparkly abstinence, but it's because her eyes were sparkling. She had the spiritual sense that I recognized right away. And that's what I was going to need help with. Spiritual acceptance means admitting, for me, admitting the possibility of the existence and a relationship with a, a power greater than myself. For me, that meant in the beginning that God is. And I still don't know what God is. I don't know the parameters. My, I, I, all I know is that God is has no boundaries and no edges. And that's enough. So believing and, and understanding at my very core that I'm not the one that's going to heal me and guide me, that's acceptance. Um, and then convinced of my own powerlessness, I had to accept other alternatives to recovery. So 
um, I found the path lit by higher power to be the one that was most attractive. And it turns out that um, I'm not here to find the answers to my problems. I'm here to be open to the solutions. And there's a big difference. Um, one has me hunched over a hole, a dark hole with a shovel and an ax. And the other one has me face up towards the light, palms up and open and uh, heart and mind open as well. And, and those are two completely different stances. Accept, acceptance uh, lets me uh, stand in the light. The second, um, well, let's see, not fighting against something and being open to something, that's acceptance. And um, oh, I have lots of stories, but I'm gonna keep moving because <laughs> if I had time, I'll give that to you. Uh, acceptance of others was another huge thing of me, um, for me. I was always searching for safety and comfort and I was always being what other people described as so generous and so kind and so loving. But what I discovered in my recovery journey is that all those acts of kindness and generosity were actually based in selfishness and self-centeredness because I needed you to be happy, comfortable and successful so that I could be comfortable. Uh, that was, I thought your happiness would make me comfortable. And that's what I was doing. Turns out, no, nothing made me comfortable. Nothing external made me comfortable. It, it, it truly is an inside job. An acceptance of that reality and that I have to do the work here. That's what um, brought me to, uh, allowed me to find this state of grace that I'm in today. So true serenity comes with acceptance and um, accepting others. I could just say I was driving with my mom a few years ago and she's always been a glass three quarter empty person. And I've always been that Pollyanna type. So we're driving spring, the big rains came. One minute, Martha. Oh shoot, okay. I want to tell that story. Oh no, um, okay. So I'm no longer negotiating with reality, as I heard someone say in the meetings. Um, there's no more shoulda, coulda, woulda, or wanna, gotta, gonna in my vocabularies. It's, I'm here, I, will, I ask God to help me, uh, I, I pray to the God to show me what I, am to do and be today. So it's not of my understanding. It's not of my direction. I'm asking for God's direction every day and then accept the information that comes to me and make use of that. Um, and I just wanna end then with uh, acceptance of my own flaws that I found recovery is not about doing it perfectly. It's about having a healthy response when I don't.
And um, that has offered me a lot of peace and comfort. I wish I had 20 more minutes, but I guess it's time for me to say thank you and I pass. Thank you so much, Martha. Mm -hmm. So uh, we are now going to open the chat to everyone. And we're going to open the floor for two minute shares. Hopefully chat is now open. Um, Liz. If, if you want to share, put up your hand using the raise hand function found in the reactions. If you need help, you can chat to a host. If you are calling on a phone, you can raise your hand by pressing star nine. The moderator, that's me, will call on you when it is your turn to speak. You will see a prompt on your screen asking you to unmute. Please select unmute to speak. The timer will signal when the time is up. Please uh, tell us where you're from and how long you've been in OA. Please remember that our traditions state that OA has no opinion on outside issues. Some examples of outside issues are politics, religion, diets, treatment programs, non-OA approved literature, and other 12-step fellowships. Therefore, please base your sharing on your OA experience and do not include outside issues. Please stick to the topic of this meeting for those who arrived late. Um, the topic of this meet workshop is acceptance is the answer. The meeting is now open for sharing. I was asked to put my hand up because I'm supposed to be first on the, but that doesn't mean I want to share. Okay, wait a minute. Somebody's got their hand up, but I don't see. Winnie, Winnie has her hand up. Yes. Okay. Hi, I'm Winnie Compulsive Overeater. I've been in OA for uh, 30 plus years and uh, I lost 115 pounds. And um, and uh, after 10 years of back-to-back uh, -back abstinence, I went into relapse and I stayed there off and on for about 19 years. And, uh, and I just was not able to accept the fact that I could not be in charge, that I had to surrender, and, which is uh, what I enjoyed listening to uh, you, Martha and Debbie, uh, speak about. Uh, I, I had to just turn it over to a higher power, That's, and I just had to give up the reins. And, uh, and I fought it. Uh, so much, but once I did that, and like I said, it was 19 years, and I wasn't uh, binging all 19 years, but I was in and out, in and out, in and out, and uh, just taking back uh, control, taking back my will. But once I actually decided, and it was decisional for me, once I actually decided that I could not do this by myself, I could not I was not in charge of the reins. I had to turn it over to a power. I had to accept the fact that there was a power greater than me. 
because my power was not working, not for any sustained period of time. And so once I once I did that, uh, it wasn't necessarily smooth sailing, but it sure did clear my head a lot. And um, and that didn't weigh so much on me. And uh, and I've I've lost uh, except for about five or six pounds, the weight that I did gain back, which is about 60 or so. That's time. Thank you. So I appreciate being able to share. I don't see hands. Annette, are you raising your hand? <laughs> Well, I guess I could share for two minutes since no one else is raising their hand. Um, I'm Ann, compulsive overeater. I live in Westchester County, New York. I've been in program and abstinent for 17 years. I'm down about 50 pounds from my top weight. Um, and I, um, I really learn a lot about acceptance by reading pages 417 to 419 of the fourth edition of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, you know, a lot of what people did working steps early in program was done orally and we don't really know exactly what it was, but I believe that this section is a very important clue. This idea of accepting life on life's terms, um, accepting that people are the way higher power created them, being grateful for what we have. I think that's, um, that mindset is very important to abstinence. So I will pass and I will let, call on Lauren. Thank you all. Thank you, Debbie. And thank you, Martha, for your shares and your acceptance speaks, speaking, speak, what, speaking to acceptance. Um, yeah, I, this journey has been one that I could totally relate to both of your shares. I also came in through Al-Anon trying to fix my son. I raised my son since he was three years old alone, and it's been the two of us since three, and he is now uh, 31. So I get it. It's not easy doing this on our own. But boy, did I think I had it all together before I came into Al-Anon, and I realized that I had nothing together. I had 150... 165 extra pounds on my body. I was giving myself three, four shots a day of insulin medication because I had diabetes and I was 50 years old and 5'1 and weighed 287 and a half pounds. I am now 62 and recovered and have lost the 165 pounds, do not have diabetes anymore, and work out almost several times a week. And my 
favorite thing in life is skiing and I can't wait for ski season, which is coming in right around the corner. And I'm going to be out there on skis in January, February, March, sorry, December through March. And I'm grateful every single day of my life that I found this program because I went up hundreds of pounds and down hundreds of pounds several times. I had two bariatric surgeries. That's time. Thank you all. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Lauren. Darcy? Uh, Hi, everyone. Uh, My name is Darcy. I'm from North Carolina, and it's great to be with Region 6 for this weekend. And I really appreciated what the speakers had to say on acceptance, um, especially the get over, get over Debbie. So I'm going to use get over Darcy. Um, part of my struggle with my growth in spirit, spirituality, in letting God run the bus is uh, Darcy gets in the way a lot. You know, I've been in since 1987, but I had come in three times before that, starting back in 1979 and uh, didn't stay. Um, so I've had a couple of decades of abstinence, but had been in a lengthy relapse and recently um, put down my alcoholic foods and started working the steps again uh, two months ago. So I'm delighted to be here. I used to live in Ohio in the Worcester area and went to meetings in Cleveland for a while when I lived there in 2012 and 13 and uh, just you know felt the wonderful strength and service that you folks all give to the people in the region. So thanks so much. I appreciate it. Thank you, Darcy. Judith. Oh, somebody needs to unmute Judith. There we go. Hi, my name is Judy, and I'm a compulsive overeater from New Brunswick, Canada. I'm recovered for today. I'm happy to say that. Uh, When I came into the program, I uh, was sick and desperate. So I had already accepted that I was powerless. I came into the program at the age of 72. And I have been absent now for 13 months. or Just going on 14, maybe. Anyway, so acceptance was uh, what I needed came into this program and I uh, had decided that whatever was asked of me I was going to do because I was desperate so uh, anyway I just want to thank everybody Uh, the speakers were great thank you very much both of you and I'll pass thank you Judith Becky hey everybody I'm Becky I'm from New Hampshire I'm a compulsive overeater and uh I am so grateful to be here. I, um, tomorrow, God willing, I'll have seven months of back-to-back abstinence and what a gift. And, you know, I'm at that point where, uh, people are looking at me and wondering what's going on, you know, and, um, and then they ask and then they look like, oh, I could never do that, you know, and of course, we know the secret that it, it's not about the food, but it is about the food, but it's not about the food. But to come to this meeting and hear the, the, um, 
the joy and the just like the bubbling up from Debbie of just joie de vivre, you know, uh, it's so special and so awesome. I'm really glad to be here. And um, Martha, I, I got a lot out of your share. Um, as far as like, I know you said you weren't going to teach us, but I learned a lot. So sorry. <laughs> Thank you, Becky. Maggie. Hi, I'm Maggie. I'm a compulsive overeater. I'm from Sheffield, Massachusetts. I started coming to meetings in, I think, 2015. Um, took me a while to be willing to uh, really open up my ears and listen. Um, I don't count days or weeks or months of abstinence because it freaks me out. Um, and I start eating compulsively when I think about it too much. So I just let that be. Um, I do report my food every day to my sponsor and I report the next day, whether or not I was abstinent. Um, you know, the, the, I think the, the honest, open-minded and willingness, I would have said coming in here that sure, I was all those three things. Um, and what OA has done, one of the things that they have done for me, besides for, you know, helping me lose, I really don't know, 40 pounds more or less, maybe 35, maybe um, is to, to really get honest and recognize that that had not been my MO previously, um, that I had uh, certain very fixed ideas of, um, of how people should act and be, and I was not particularly open-minded, and that I was really quite unwilling to do things anyway, but the way I thought it should be done. Um, but something kept me coming. Um, and I think that, uh, that it was in fact the um, the open sharing, the obvious concern and welcome uh, that other people had for me. Um, and, uh, you know, y'all loved me into coming back, even though I really um, had a lot of uh, fears. Um, I think in some ways, you know, people say that they, you know, they came to OA because it was the last house on the block. And that wasn't my story. I hadn't given up. I wasn't much of a dieter. Um, but I had a lot of problems um, that OA has helped me to see and start to work on. And I um, am eternally grateful for That's that. Time. Thank you. Thank you, Maggie. Mary? Hi, I'm Mary. I'm a compulsive overeater from Ontario. And I'm just coming back to OA. I actually left about four years ago. Uh, I left away feeling like maybe I was one of those people that it, there's that mention in the big book of like some people just don't get it. And that's the place I was feeling. But, <laughs> you know, the answer isn't out there. So I've, I'm kind of coming back now with my tail between my legs. Um, and uh, so it feels really good to be here. And something with this acceptance is the answer that I've gleaned here. One of the speakers said, acceptance doesn't mean that I'm just going to uh, let something happen to me. Because I think, you know, when I hear acceptance, like my first thought of acceptance is just sort of that I, I can, that I just lay down flat and let the world walk over me and, and, you know, that doesn't feel right, of course. And so 
acceptance, I, I love that I stopped negotiating with reality. But by the same time, acceptance doesn't mean that I just lie down flat and, and let the world steamroll over me. So with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Mary. Margaret? Hi, my name is Margaret, and I'm a compulsive overeater and food addict. And I've been in the program for about seven and a half years here in Montreal. And I truly believe that it is spiritual condition that uh, works for me. Uh, I say God has removed 105 pounds from my body. Not that I've lost it, but that God has removed it because if I stay in, in the right spiritual condition, then God allows the obsession that I had with food to be lifted on a daily basis. And that's what I believe. And that's how I'm working my program. I haven't lost all the weight. That may be because it's not time. God will remove the weight a little bit at a time, maybe, instead of what I would like, which would be, you know, overnight. (laughs) So I have to accept these things, that I have to live in reality here on the earth. Things like that don't happen overnight, you know? Um, Anyway... This is, uh, this is what I've learned in OA. I've learned so many things. My goodness, uh, the way I deal with people, the way I, I pr- do things, the activities I'm in. Now, I, I've decided to be an artist at 76 years old. Why? Because I like doing it. <laughs> it's fun. And uh, I've, I've done some paintings of people lately and and they like it, you know, it's, it's, it's really a, a fun thing and a joyous thing. So for today, I'm happy, joyous, and free. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Margaret. It is now 5.59, so I am thinking I should close. Um, we'd like to thank everyone who attended this workshop. And we will close with the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things that change. To change things I can add. I will not mind Thank you, everybody. See you later. Bye. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> You're fine. Okay. Thank you, ladies, very much for your service.